1: You know, this will be the last thing we do before we go ahead and start talking about the thing. Vanny, what are what are several films that you, like, I gotta watch this at least several times a year, you'll you have no problem watching several times a year. Oh,
0: that's easy for me. It's Indiana Jones' the Last Crusade is my all-time favorite film. No kidding. Yeah, mm-hmm. I adore that film. Okay. Um, like, they just, uh, the album Draft House had it uh, last week for Father's right. Day, and Man. it's, I've never got to see it in the theaters, because uh, it came out in 1989, I was like five or six years old, so for me, that was a huge moment to see that, and I'm like lip-syncing along to the entire film like oh, i still funny. have it very memorized okay um that one uh, blade runner i usually watch it a couple times a year too the mm. director's cut too mm-hmm. so coincidentally like also 40th anniversary yeah. for that um those are probably like the two biggest ones that i can definitely kind of go back to over and over again
1: okay yeah um for myself I, the thing obviously yeah. you know yeah, i mean yeah, that, that, yeah. that's that's clear um, uh, another John Carpenter film, Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. which yeah. we'll actually be talking about tonight, matter okay. of fact, and, right. okay. and to show that film's influence on something that's coming out very, very soon. Oh, all, yeah. Right. Yeah. all right. Um and, and then the other one, which is uh, Alien. Mm. I, I, that, that might be, I mean, both, I, <sighs> Big Trouble and The Thing are probably my top five, but Alien, it's always kind of going between one and number two okay. for various reasons. Um, but no, I've, those those are the movies I can watch, and it's funny. I, I probably told the story before, but I had a, an amazing viewing experience for Alien the Director's Cut, mm-hmm. which I actually love because they provide more details on the Xenomorphs' sure. biology and things in the absence of a Queen before they even thought of that concept. Right. But uh, back when they were releasing, um, oh god, what was the the shitty Alien movie? That's <laughs> which is a lot. Dude, uh, <laughs> everyone after the <laughs> second I one, know, yeah, no, haven't had a good one in nearly forty years at this point. Yeah. The Covenant. Okay. Covenant, Alien okay. Covenant. Um, it was it was South by Southwest, so it must have been twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen that year. Um, was that
2: the year you and I were hanging out through the? whole I think South so. By I so- think okay. so. We
1: were just getting drinks and yeah. just doing all that. It was it was that was a great time. That was super super fun. Um, but they were doing a special in honor of the release of Alien Covenant, which is coming out however many months afterwards, uh, the director's cut on mm. uh, whatever 35mm of, of of Alien. Okay. And it was being presented by Ridley Scott in the cast of Alien Covenant. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Ridley Scott was gonna come out on stage, he was gonna talk about the film, the making of the movie, bring out the actors and yeah, their yeah. opinions on the film. Wow. He walks out on stage drunk. <laughs> 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 just complete just piss faced the entire time. And he was mumbling. Now I don't know if he's just a nervous speaker because I've seen the in interviews and he seems fine. Yeah, I just think it was kind of the situation where he didn't give a shit. It was it was in the middle of goddamn. I mean, it was March, so yeah. it was already still. I mean, that day was hot. Was that it? That day was hot. I think so. Cause, yeah,
2: because a lot of a lot of South by is in March they tend to be sometimes chilly. Yes. Sometimes rainy.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I think that one that day was as humid. But, yeah, sometimes hot. I think I think that's what happened and maybe he he was drinking and he didn't he didn't remember anyone's names cuz he was supposed to bring out <laughs> he was bring, Catherine Waterston <laughs> and Danny McBride and Michael Fassbender. He forgot their names. And so he wow. was going Kathy, K-Kath, uh, w- and then she she walks out on stage and then Danny Bride, Danny Bride and he walks on Ooh. stage mm. and then at that point like he had said I think it was um Billy Crudup Billy Crudup, and okay. he, he he got his name right, but Michael Fassbender's like, fuck this, I'm yeah. done. I I don't even want to be in Texas. And he just walked out with Billy Crudup at this point. Oh, wow. And wow. then they proceeded to show all the kills from Alien, Covenant, like all the deaths for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to see the movie now at weird this point. Weird mixtape right there. Very weird. And then they showed the film, but uh, that will always stick with me. It'll always stick with sure. me, the, yeah. the, 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 that that moment. But, yeah. But I love Alien. I absolutely love that. That would be good for a retro review one day. I suppose yeah. so. Yeah, once it, I guess... Well, it's already had its 40th anniversary, so we'll have to do maybe its oh. 45th or something like that. <laughs> oh, no, I'll well, work it out. Maybe next time uh, when I'm by myself, uh, where it's just us, we can do an alien uh, rescue. Sure, review. sure. That'd be fun. Uh, but now, champ, I do want to go ahead and get to the main portion of uh, today's show, uh, which, as I said before, uh, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite films of all time, and that is uh, John Carpenter's uh, The Thing. Um, a movie that i absolutely love and i feel like uh, went underappreciated when it was um Re- uh, originally uh, released back in 1982. We're going to go over all the facts of that and the circumstances and things, but um, you know, before I go, some people might not have seen The Thing, Martin. There are small wee little children. It's true, Vanny. Small no. wee little children might not have been aware no, of this never movie. No? You haven't no, seen see The Thing? Seen oh my god! Well, you uh, know what? We're going to give you a crash course in The Thing and spoil and ruin the entire movie for <laughs> so you, for our guest right here. Uh, but for those who haven't seen it, we're going to go ahead and uh, show the trailer. We'll give you a crash course and we'll come back with our overall thoughts. Station 31, you read me? We found something in the ice. We need some help down here. Can anybody hear me? We found something.
2: We found something. We found something. Then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's won. You guys
1: gonna listen to Gary? We can beat one of those things! There you go, John Carpenter's uh, the thing. Now, kind of want to go over everyone's overall thoughts on the movie beforehand before we can do a deep dive okay. into everything. Sure. Um, as I said at the top, chat, you know, the thing is one of my John Carpenter's the thing, which is a remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, I love it because, well, you know, Martin knows this and Vanny knows this. I am a sucker for body horror. And oh, it that has movie. that in yep. spades, but I also just love sci-fi horror. But it's just the the craftsmanship, the the idea of this creature, which can imitate organic matter and be perfect at it, and uh, how just vicious it, it, it is. I love that, and how not only is you know you get all the gore effects, you get all the cool body horror, but the the sense of. Um, of Of mistrust, the paranoia. That, the paranoia between all the characters that work so well for me. It really. It, it, it makes the set, it improves upon the setting, which is already, I, I, I love it. I love that it's so it's isolated. It's
2: essentially a bottle film.
1: It is a bottle it film. It's a bottle film 100%. where it takes place at this, you know, at this Antarctic uh, research facility mm-hmm. with these guys who are kind of a powder keg. Like, some don't even like each other. Sure. You know, they're all very different from each other. They're all researchers, yeah, they're geologists. Yeah, been out here in yeah. this
2: isolated lab mm-hmm. for way too long. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. Right. yeah. And it's, the
2: last thing they need is something like this.
1: Exactly. So resentment's already there. And so when you bring in an alien creature, it already, you know, it it's it, 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 exactly things it makes things uh worse and you have some fantastic performances in my opinion certainly with with Kurt russell's uh sure. character yeah. I love it uh, who really just kind of in my opinion just this really just uh uh um realized his, his whole thing about being a leading man, mm-hmm. you know, I think at that time, already coming out with something like Escape from New York, but that that, that really just showcased his, his abilities as an, as an actor. Well,
2: it was really interesting to read that he was the last person cast. Because mm-hmm. they, yeah, they were true. so looking at so many different other people. Nick, yeah. Nick Nolte was one of them. It was like several people they were looking at. John Carpenter was like, I know I can rely on Kurt Russell, I just used him, but I want to cast a wider net and you know. go into different people who were like, uh. I would love to, but I'm not available, or Mm -hmm. no, that's not for me, and then him to finally go like, well, okay, I guess Kurt Russell will be fun. Yeah, I
1: gotta do it. Um, My fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know p- people like uh, uh, Keith David. It was work for him, obviously, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, Wilfred Brimley, mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah, so, and uh, just a number of great um, uh, character actors. Uh, sure, uh, you know, just just popped so up, many. yeah. And, yeah. yeah they, and the thing is, like, no one's wasted. Everyone gets something to do, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's it's horrifying, and, and you know what w- w- what happens to them is, is Well, something
2: is, that, that impresses me yes. about it is that you, you got just a cast of a bunch of dudes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, like for what you think of for mm-hmm. characters. It's a it's a, kind of a lot of characters, and yet it's a lot. Yeah, you they are all distinctive. Yeah, and, and not in an overly dramatic way. It's just a, like you know between whatever physical or their personality, you know each person. Because so many things you, you you watch like say, I mean even it's more characters, but like Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. There's just points where I'm like, I'm, I'm losing track of who's who. Mm-hmm. And where I'm just like, wait, I thought that guy died already. Okay, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and,
1: th- and this one, I feel like they're all distinctive. They have a yes. like, look. They're all kind of, and they're not like your classic, you know, good-looking heroes. They're a no. bunch of schlubs. A bunch of yeah. You know, yeah. guys in their like late 30s and mid-40s. they They're all ha- oh, Most of them are fat. You know, yeah. Even, even <laughs> Kurt Russell, like his character is this schlubby, you know, Vietnam vet who's an yeah, alcoholic. Vietnam vet. Yeah, a lot of those guys are in their 20s. Yeah, yeah, they don't look it. Yeah. I mean, twenties back then was different from twenties <laughs> yeah. nowadays. But and I love that, and uh, I mean the the film's uh, score and mm. the specific sequences and these practical effects, which is one of the things we're going to focus on. Like the fact that so many of these still look as good as they do today mm-hmm. is is incredible it's to a me. I, to that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I personally love the movie. I'll go ahead and give my I'll get my rating later on when we get to the end of this particular review. Are we going to be
2: shocked by your rating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe.
1: But Martin, your overall thoughts, and I know you're discussing your overall thoughts, but your overall thoughts on the film itself. So
2: I didn't see it in the theater when it came out. I had seen The Fog. Mm. I'd gone to the theater to see The Fog, which I didn't like. Yeah. And then when the thing came out, 82, what, two years later, I didn't see it, but I think it was a year later I was at a comic book convention. Uh, somebody was showing it in one of the hotel rooms. Or like there's some, some conference room they had it playing, And it was like midnight. And I forgot why I was even out. I think I had just arrived, and I was like looking for something to do. And I just kind of sat in there, just to kind of catch my breath. And it just started. And Mm. I got so wrapped up in this. Mm -hmm. Just edging my seat with the paranoia. And I was like, man, why didn't anybody tell me how awesome this movie is? Nice, nice. Yeah, and I've watched it several times since. you know, my, my daughters, uh, as they've gotten older, they've been like, hey, show us some classic movie that you love. Mm-hmm. And we went on the thing, uh, The Fly. I love The, the, Fly. the, the, the Fly. Yeah, yeah Dave Cronenberg's Fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dave yeah. and, uh, and I was like, well, you guys, you got to watch this. And they still tell me today, like, yeah, this movie, The Thing, it freaked us out. Mm-hmm. We're still, even when, even when you think about it now. I was like, yeah, that's that's what it does.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, then and, and, and yeah, I'm the sorry. effects
2: really do hold up. Mm-hmm. Even, even when stuff is, you know, kind of data you could tell it's stop motion sure it's like but you're so caught up in it it yeah. works
1: I think you know for the, the most part it's, it's practical effects and they do use some stop motion like right up until the end like okay. the, the very end they use that stop motion Right, right but at right. that point it's it's you're just so invested in the in the story and the in the circumstances
2: what's apparently going on. they want to do a lot with stop motion and John Carpenter looked at it and went like Ew,
1: yeah uh, one of the things I want to bring up is is uh, it's, it's funny because I, I do a lot of audio and video video commentaries for films and cartoons and one of my big inspirations is John Carpenter's commentaries because he's mm. like. I love it because it's, it's, it feels like a commentary that we would do. Because mm-hmm. he just gets his friend, he calls Kurt Russell for all the commentaries, okay, yeah. and so they get together, they're all having whiskey, he's having whiskey with mm-hmm. and them, and they're, and they're getting more progressively drunk as the film goes on. But it's funny, he brings up that same point where they did, they, you can see deleted scenes of the stop motion in the movie, uh-huh. and he's like, oh fuck, this doesn't look good. And so there's a little bit of it in the, in the final version, right, but you right. can find like several deleted scenes where it's like, Ugh. And he, yeah, he was not impressed with that. But uh, but Vanny, well, I'm, uh, Fanny, I'm sorry. Yeah, your overall thoughts on the thing.
0: I loved it uh, as well. I finally saw this movie about three months ago. Oh no kidding! Yeah, it was just uh, I was uh, talking with a friend of mine, and we were just kind of talking about movies that uh, like I've been on like our to do uh, or to watch list, and I still have a very long one. I've never seen the Godfather films, which I know is Blasphemy or Scarface, hmm. uh, Raging Bull, things like that. And I did bring up the thing and. Uh, Oh, that look, Martin, right there.
2: Oh. I, I would just tell you that you—you uh, you named all these films. Yeah. Scarface doesn't belong in that category. It does not. Okay. Yeah. Scarface is a little overrated. Right as, as, okay. as, as an adult, you watch Scarface. It's mm-hmm. a cartoon. Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as a side,
0: like I still remember, like in the early 2000s that fashion trend of everyone wearing silk shirts—that you buy at, like a hot topic—and seeing like Goku and like anime <laughs> characters, and <laughs> then Scarface for some reason was included with that mix. I was like. I don't know a lot about this film. Does he die at the end? Like why yeah. is he, this guy like an idol? This is weird. But anyway, uh, I was telling my friend and she said like, you've never seen the thing. And it's like, we're watching this like tonight. Yeah. And so I picked up on Amazon Prime and we sat I and watched it and was absolutely blown away for the exact same reasons of just these are, it's kind of like watching Alien for the first time. Right? Yes. Yeah, these are yeah, regular yeah. people yeah. in extraordinary circumstances mm-hmm. acting intelligently and acting in ways mm-hmm. that make total sense. Like if you're in this weird situation, how would you react and how would you freak out when you just see like the chest busting scene, or uh, just seeing what you're seeing and re- reacting appropriately for it.
2: Well, that, and that was one of the big things about it is that they are in a research mm-hmm. lab, a research facility. Yeah. So we aren't talking about dumb teenagers. Yeah. Right. We're talking about, you know, men of science. At least some, most yeah. of them.
1: Yeah. And people have or, seen some
2: stuff. Or, or and yeah, people have seen stuff. Just adults who are not gonna just run right into danger. Yeah. Who are gonna you know try to think things out. But them having this panic that's also affecting their judgment. Right.
0: And being someone who, like, also, I'm not really that big into horror films. Um, Me either. Yeah. But seeing this one and still getting scares, from, like, even, like, I've heard of some of these iconic scenes. So even seeing it for the first time, like, was just still, like, terrifying. I had, like, all the standard jump scares at like, those big moments. And was also still in just such awe of these practical effects that hold up today and... Then you kind of start thinking about stuff that's come out recently, like other horror films, uh, like even like growing up, like you know, like Paris Hilton's like what, House of Wax and <laughs> <laughs> um, like Halloween remakes and Texas Chainsaw and seeing these, like these do nothing for me. But going back watching something like this done s- with such care sure just
1: absolutely blew me away mm-hmm. yeah you're 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 both right in the regard of these characters being competent yeah. you know like no one is stupid like they're placed in these situations which they are uh, you know wholly unprepared for yeah. but they they still have common sense and they still right. approach things in in a, in a sensible way which is i mean really refreshing which we don't often get in many uh, horror films, and you know that's why, one of the reasons why I love this movie so much. And, and the other thing you know, I wanted to focus on before we really do a deep dive into this movie itself is I wanted to focus on John Carpenter himself, who I, to this day, I still f- feel like is an underappreciated creator, an underappreciated uh, director. One, he was certainly underappreciated for his, his, his time, not only because of the thing. You know, I mean, with, with that film, when it came out, as you said before, Martin, where we jumped into this review, uh, the film was a commercial failure. It was a critical failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, famously, Siskel and Eva reviewed and they gave it two thumbs down. Did it they, all, did they all both? That's... I
2: thought they were split on it. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh,
1: maybe oh, uh, I,
2: I, I think Gene liked it, and Gene, Roger didn't. Okay, okay, fair
1: enough, fair enough. Um, but a lot of critics disliked the movie, mm-hmm. and the movie, I think, barely made, like, $20 million
2: overall. Um, it, it is, uh, it's a movie that debuted at number eight. Wow. wow! now let me give you a perspective on that yeah. two other movies that debuted at number 8 mm-hmm. Office Space and <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus The World mm-hmm. oh, M- movies that days. were considered you know box office failures when they came out right. and then when it went to home video right mm-hmm blew up to, yeah. to be huge successes.
1: Yeah, thanks to VOD and people were just reappraising the movies. Now The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing specifically, is considered to be one of the greatest mm-hmm. sci-fi horror films of, mm-hmm. all, time. of all time. It's, oh, it's yeah. a movie that has influenced... It
2: was clearly ahead of its time yes. because the big criticism from critics was that it was too gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, was, oh, it's 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 garbage, it's, yeah, sure, he can direct a train wreck but not a movie. Yeah. and. It's tame by, by today's standards. Yeah,
1: nowadays, yeah. like, yeah, this is part of the course. It's what yeah. we're used to. And look at something like The Walking Dead, which, mm-hmm. you know, is even more overzealous and over-the-top than something like this, but clearly influenced. And that's the thing. Like, this film was so influential. That's, that's, that's his John Carpenter's career. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this, this guy, he, he, his best years are obviously during the 1970s and the 1980s mm-hmm. and the 1990s. Even he says, yeah, I lost it. You know, he, he even said, I mean, yeah, he, famously, his last film was obviously 2010s, 2011s The Ward with Amber Heard. Um, Yeah, The Ward, yeah, which a movie people (laughs) don't even know about. And he's like, nowadays, he's just like, I just want to smoke weed and play video games and drink and work on my music. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. But, you know, I still want to give the man credit. Obviously, you know, The Thing, one of the greatest sci-fi horror films of all time. He also popularized, he may not have started, but he popularized the slasher horror subgenre of Halloween. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. that was an incredibly influential movie. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, without Halloween, we would not have Norman Elm Street. We certainly wouldn't have Friday the 13th, which was a complete knockoff of, right, of right. Halloween. And all these other uh, you know, films and slasher films throughout the 1980s and 90s. We wouldn't have mm. Scream mm-hmm. without him. For well, sure. You know, I mean, even Wes Craven said, you know, the guy I looked at was, was John. Okay. John Carpenter and they were that's and they were very good friends okay. I like that respect and um, along with that we have some other recent filmmakers who are clearly inspired by John Carpenter today and it's for a movie that's actually coming out very soon kids get to popcorn and let me tell you the story of the space viking Thor Odinson he was- so that outfit right there you think oh Thor love and thunder what does John Carpenter have to do with that I'm thinking one of the biggest inspirations of Taika Waititi's version of Thor, which mm-hmm. I think is the best version that we've gotten mm-hmm. in these in oh, these yeah. films, Love Thor Ragnarok, love, it. love Thor Love and Thunder. But he even said it wouldn't exist without Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. You uh-huh. even you even look at Jack Burton's Kurt Russell again. Yeah. His his outfit it's exactly the same yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah, as, as 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 Thor's. Yeah, yeah, he no, has no, no, the no, no, shirt. No, right, it's just right. a Norse version of the of the shirt. He has the moccasin skin boots. He has the blue jeans and everything. It's like, wow. okay, I see what you're doing there. But no, but he but he's one of those guys that gave credit to John Carpenter that's, and said that, That's cool. He cuz his idea is like, I'm going to lean into Chris Hemsworth's sensibility. He's a great comedic actor. <laughs> and what if we made Thor kind of the idiot and everyone else is competent around him? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Which is what Jack Burton is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which again, that film was under appreciate ahead of its time sure. as, yeah. as 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 well. And there's other people, and Manny, you can probably speak more to this, too. Uh, I mean, Hideo Kojima would not have a career without John Carpenter, thanks to uh, Metal Gear Solid. Solid Snake yeah. is, a, is a complete and total ripoff of, um, Pliskin. you know, of, uh, yeah, to yeah, the point of where
0: Metal Gear Solid 2, like when you finally see Snake, he has to give himself a new name and he calls himself Plissken, too. Yeah. So it's yeah. Possible. Like Hideo Kojima himself is just loves doing Easter eggs and homages to other uh, properties too, and just seeing that was just amazing.
1: Yeah, 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 no, no, and he's even since then he's like, I mean, he's Hideo Kojima is the Quentin Tarantino of video games. Oh, where he presents himself like it's my original idea, but it's yeah. really like you were influenced by a, a thing that oh, a lot of people yeah. didn't know okay. about. Yeah, <laughs>
2: anyway, I, I thought you just yeah. meant he he says
1: the n word every. Yeah, now well, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe 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 so yeah. he might have done maybe.
2: that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> I haven't finished uh, Death
0: Stranding, so I don't know. Yeah,
1: he might have done that. Yeah, as a delivery boy, yeah. but uh. Those are the some things I really wanted to bring up in regards to, you know, John Carpenter and his legacy, because, you know, he's still influencing a variety of filmmakers today. And there's other people that he's clearly influenced. And um, I I just I just I did say he's a name that, in my opinion, should be alongside people like Spielberg in terms of their their impact on genre filmmaking, specifically genre filmmaking. okay maybe not so much drama, but certainly like, I mean, because of him. We've gotten but all these amazing the sci-fi films.
2: Spielberg, Spielberg has a long, prolific legacy that Craven. goes in I mean, different Craven. places. I think Wes Craven
1: is like him and the, okay, the two yeah. of them. I okay, think yes. you're some of the most influential yes. horror directors and genre directors yes, of our generally. time. You know, and, you know, listen, John Carpenter, he doesn't He doesn't have a lot of time left. I mean, he's in his, like, late 70s at this point. I know that he's producing a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, I want to give this man the respect that, that, that he is due.
2: He always looks like the other David Carradine. He does look like he David has. Carradine. You're right.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I love the man. I love a lot of his work. And, um, you know, like I said, The Thing is an incredible film. But moving on well, from Well, even he that, says
2: it's his best film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He did say that. Yeah. Um, but now we can kind of kind of move into the nitty gritty details of, of tonight's review. One of the things I wanted to focus on, even like this film's opening I, I love because it does a, a great job of showcasing of its environment and also uh, establishing a sense of mystery mm-hmm. and also Ennio Marconi's score. Yeah. But for those that don't know, like Ennio Marconi probably best known for like westerns and mm-hmm. spaghetti westerns, that kind of thing, like The Good Bad and the Ugly, XC of Gold, but he also scored this movie. But the opening of this film, to me, to this day, is, is absolutely brilliant. Oh, shit. Well, they even had with that dog just like fuck shit <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the things they're putting me through. It's funny because that dog apparently was actually half wolf, you know, and it was it was kind of uh, right. weird how it interacted. Well, it freaked out the cast. I don't know
2: if it was this dog or one of the other dogs.
1: They did use multiple dogs. Yeah, it's movie, true.
2: But like one of them, they died to look like the other dog.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. they they did do that. Did yeah, you read yeah. that
2: whole thing about uh, Ennio Marconi's uh, score? No, no. How, how like like the movie's getting trashed. Yeah. and his score got trashed he mm-hmm. even won a Razzie or was nominated for a Razzie wow, yeah. wow. so for uh, The Hateful Eight mm-hmm. which he scored mm-hmm he just reused the same music <laughs> and won an Oscar for it. Oh my
1: god, just to get back to the Academy or just all those critics. That's fucking
2: brilliant. I love that. No, but no, the Razzies are shit. No, that's, they are. That's nowadays,
1: before they were like kind of like, oh, they're kind of relevant and point out the worst of the worst, but nowadays like, oh wow, you, you, you got, they're, they're so out of touch. That's mm-hmm. what it is. But yeah, no, this much. score is brilliant and this setup to the movie is, 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 is brilliant. like I just love the sense of mystery already because the movie really, literally opens up in the Antarctic wastes. Yeah. You're following this dog which is running away from this helicopter and these people, these Norwegians, not Swedes, Mac Norwegians. Yeah. They're adamant about killing this thing. Right. And I just, and I just like, love why that. Are you
2: guys trying to kill a dog? Yeah, yeah. Which initially
1: like, don't do that. We were already caring about the dog, yeah. but of course, you know, the dog ends up not actually being a, dog. a, a, dog, a, a yeah. dog, and that's where we really get to, you know, start to showcase some of the films, which you know, it's one of the things that's best known for. Our its incredible and revolutionary practical effects. <laughs> This thing shitting yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, in intestines. This is the 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 body horror. And the thing about this. I, I still think this probably holds up to this day. Oh, yeah, you it does know, for me. Yeah. When you, it's just when you, me out
2: just looking at it now.
1: When you mm-hmm. compare it to, like, you know, uh, the 2011 uh, prequel film where it's a CGI. That shit looked dated even at the time. But yeah, that just shows you how how CGI amazing this movie doesn't is. doesn't hold up. No, it no. does not. It ages the worst. It's the, the practical nature of these effects is what it, – because it, it feels real. Yeah. you can it, and it you has, get has, the actual – it, 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 it weight yeah. and yeah.
2: gravity. Yes, Yeah, exactly. It's best to use practical effects and maybe sweeten it some with – with CG, but... You know,
1: layer of CGI on right. top. You know, which, you know, the, the, the best filmmakers do today. I'll but tell you, man, what's, yeah. what,
2: what, what, what caught me just from the clip you showed mm-hmm. was just how much... Kurt Russell looks like his son Wyatt Russell I know. That, yeah, I know that I was like wow how did I not even see it the first mm-hmm. time Wyatt came on screen
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no no not, I, the I, blonde I, hair throws you off yes exactly yeah I think Ed, that's Goldie Hawn's mm-hmm. uh, hair in there no I, I love Wyatt Russell I think mm-hmm. he's, he's incredibly talented but yeah but yeah just to showcase the rest of the scene because I think it's brilliant just how the, the, the puppetry how this thing transforms animatronics it's, it's absolutely yep. brilliant the poor dog I, I fucking love this shot right here where this thing continues to transform. It, it's, so, it's so cool. <laughs> Just, you know and the thing about it too the actors sell the effects mm-hmm. Very much you know so. they're not like they're not laid back they're not lackadaisical they're like holy fucking shit because one it helps that they can fucking see it it's not like you're just staring at two tennis balls or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Like or a photo. exactly their, their their reactions feel r- real to me
2: sure and that's one of the things that work best about the movie sure yeah, yeah. you think if somebody called you in a flamethrower to take care of something mm-hmm. yeah. all right yeah i mean wait wait wait, wait. <laughs> <is this>?
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that thing. Th- even before this scene happens, like you have, um, oh, I forget one of the. Uh, it's not. It's not Palmer, but it's the other guy. Is one of the first people to be um, transformed to the thing, mm-hmm. gets absorbed. He's like, and Mac wants the flamethrower, and then you know Charles is like, the f- what? And he's like, you heard him, the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, I, I love that. They they, yeah. they sell in the chaos because yeah. they don't even know right. what the fuck's going on. Right. They have no idea this is happening. This is the first time they're seeing the actual uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, you want to say something? No, no, there's moments when, you especially where you can see. A lesser director or a lesser special effects team could have messed this up, especially with the yes. tendrils that are reaching out into the dogs. Like, if, all it would have taken is just, like, one scene of where it would have looked a little jilted or yeah. if you can see, like, strings attached or anything of, uh, of a lesser film that would have taken you completely out of there. And watching that scene again just now still feels terrifying. Yeah. Uh, because it looks natural for yeah. an unnatural creature, which is, again, just a testament to just... How amazing these special effects can be and why they stand the test of
1: time a lot of the things that we see especially of the, the tendrils and things those are like little camera tricks they already have the yeah. tentacles wrapped around they just reverse the shot uh, so that, that's, that's where okay. that's why it okay. looks the way it does so it, but again yeah. it's very clever and also it yeah, saves no, money no, it where no, nowadays would have been cgi no, or something no. like yeah. that but
0: and they're willing to hurt animals too which is something you don't see anymore in um, oh you
2: never in see film. that anymore yeah you, yeah, you don't, that, don't no you don't
0: like they're willing to go dark for this too And this whole film just even uh, like we'll get to it later on but i'm soon with the ending but this is there's no happy endings no. this for anybody, and it even shows like the like the scene with the dog scene tells you tells the audience you're not safe. Nothing is safe here. Just good luck.
1: It you know it, it's a thing that you know John Carpenter even said that, that hurt the the movie itself. You know this came out two weeks after Spielberg's E.T. Yeah. And, you know, he said, uh, we were the, the we we're the antithesis of the E.T. We were the nasty cousin. We were the film that no one wanted to see because of we, we we did all these horrible things and we don't have a happy ending where, you know, the alien goes off and it's all and mutual the understanding. The U.S. was
2: also in a recession. Yeah, too. And everybody was down. Mm-hmm. So E.T. was you know, even though it had its sad parts, was a happy film. It, it was.
1: was, yeah. This yeah. is not. No, no, no. no. I mean, it, it's, it has a very dark and disturbing, which which we will get to.
2: Uh, it's very 70s in that way.
1: No, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. No, I mean, Carpenter was carrying over his 70s sensibilities mm-hmm. to to the 80s for a lot of his filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I mean, yes, obviously you have these revolutionary practical effects, which many of which hold up to, to this day. But the other thing I, uh, that I like about this movie is just the environmental storytelling, the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite sequences is when uh, Mac and Dr. Copper, him and his little, uh, his little uh, nose ring, mm-hmm. uh, they, they go to the Norwegian camp. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. So it's all explained the 2011 prequel film. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. I, I love the environmental storytelling in this movie. Like, even the, the shot before this one, you have it where they find the axe embedded in the wall. Yeah. And, like, it really sets up, like, okay, something horrible happened sure. here. To the point where you had a guy literally slit his own wrist to prevent whatever horror. Affecting him, mm-hmm. like I, 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 I love that about this movie. It's, it's, it's the not telling, but letting the, the environment, letting, letting the set speak for itself. It's, uh, it's brilliant. And you know, moving on from that, I mean, obviously focusing on the creature itself. But one of the other things I love about this movie is, as we've talked about before, was the the sense of paranoia mm-hmm. with the characters, and that also was was an enemy within the movie itself, and it's it's perfectly captured here with, um, uh, with uh, Kurt Russell just monologuing to himself, speaking to a recorder
2: storm has been hitting us hard now for 48 hours. We still have nothing to go on. One other thing. I think it rips through your clothes when it takes you over. Windows found some shredded long johns but the name tag was missing. They could be anybody's. Nobody. Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. Nobody trusts anybody
1: now. You know, one of the things about this scene that I really like, and I I noticed it throughout the movie, as my my multiple rewatches, is that RJ is an alcoholic. Oh yeah, you know he. So many of the scenes within this movie, he has whiskey in his hand. He has a glass of it. Whether you know, always neat too, (laughs) a lot of the time.
2: (laughs) Well, it's funny because all through the seventies and bleeding over into the eighties, everybody drank. Yeah, casually. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go watch old episodes of Columbo, which is at the early Mm seventies, and. A, a, a L.A. detective has come to question you about a murder, and your first thing is, "Can I get you a drink?" Yeah, yeah, And it was, and it was just like, "Ah, uh, I'm working. Never mm-hmm, mind." Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing was all the time. But like now, you look at stuff, you're like, "Man, everybody's an alcoholic back then," mm-hmm. and it's true. True. Yeah. yeah. They, they all, they don't work. You watch Batman again. Yeah. 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 Um, I, what I I see with it, this is like, man, so many people do scenes like this and they're so clumsy yes. about somebody Agreed. suddenly narrating things mm-hmm. and and even you know blade runner which had come out the same year <laughs> yeah in- no it, it tripped over its own dick with the whole na- you know the the narration yeah. that yeah. is clearly done after the fact mm-hmm. and and not that this is like you know voice over through the whole thing but just having a scene in here where you need to get exposition across. Yeah. So often now, you just like you can you you see it coming. You're like, God damn it, here we go. Right. And this one is just woven in there. Yeah. To where, it, you know, the way Kurt Russell plays it, the whole setting of it just feels like it's, it's just flowing with everything else. Right.
1: Well, he knows that he needs to keep a record, and even though he was not, that's the thing about his character, Like he's not supposed to be in the leadership position. Mm-hmm. He's supposed right. to be all these other figures, but they've they, they never encountered something like this, they've never been to war, mm-hmm. which, you know, John Carpenter, even though it's not heavily implied within the movie itself, John Carpenter said he told Kurt Russell, this guy's a Vietnam vet, yeah. he saw, he was a helicopter pilot, and, you know, as you know, the life expectancy for hel- helicopter pilots in Vietnam was fucking low, and so he, all of his friends have died. This is, this is just to help... Uh, K- Russell's own performance, right, 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 and right. so he ha- so he just has that where he's always so melancholy, where mm-hmm. he's always not called, where he's always drinking, and where he feels like he has to leave, um, just a-, a last bit, not, not maybe not such a will and testament, just a. Tell people like this is what we're going through, mm-hmm. and I think it sells it. Yeah, it feels natural. Yeah, like even yeah. like his canes, you can even tell that he's a little slow because of the alcohol. Sure, too at this point. So yeah, it's a it's a really underrated role. And again, why t- to me, I mean, much like with Escape from New York, why this really does showcase his abilities as a leading man. Because yeah. you know, I feel like Russell should have been that guy, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like you, when you think of like the the guy the leading the leading action stars the eighties, Stallone or or Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I'm always surprised that a lot of people don't put Russell up there because he always. Fe- Seemed more, you know, subtle with his performance. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
2: I mean, S- Snake Plissken is a, you know, he's a, a hero. he's a He's a cartoon hero. Sure. I mean, not, not in a bad way. But I, get that's, 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 that's I get what you That's what mm-hmm. the role is. Yeah. But McCready is a real guy.
1: Yeah. 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 No, fully agree. Um, you know, moving on from just kind of the, you know, uh, McCready himself, there are some some other people i wanted to uh, focus on because you know a lot of are like oh yeah when, they, when the the first person you think of when you think of the thing in terms of the actors is always uh, Kurt Russell and, mm-hmm. and McCready. but i fucking love Wilfred Brimley in this.
0: I was wondering if you can sure.
1: Yeah, oh, you know yeah. I got Wilford Brimley. I I love I love the man. I you know, famously i think uh, Martin when uh, this is uh, god when Wilfred Brimley passed away, we did that segment mm-hmm. on on him and we brought up his performance in the thing which i think is iconic. And i love how in the movie he originally he, he he starts out as this common sense scientist who he's the one who figures out like what this creature actually is Mm -hmm. he does the autopsies he predicts that I love that sequence even though now it's like I don't know if this makes sense but based on his calculations the thing if this thing gets loose onto the mainland it would completely uh, absorb the world and convert everyone within three years Mm -hmm. it's fucking horrifying like every not just humans every single organism and you know he fucking flips out (laughs) No,
2: you
1: don't understand. That thing wanted to be... on <laughs> gets out. get everything on the face the Okay, Blair. Come on, man. You don't want to hurt anybody. You <laughs> 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 Why are you throwing the gun? <laughs>
2: Every time they always that's, do that's that. That's what they always do with Superman. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. <laughs> they empty the clip and then throw the gun at this, him. This, this will that's do it, Dodgers. we Dodgers,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, this this will do it. But no, I, I love how this, the rest yeah. of the scene plays out. <laughs> <laughs> He's honking
2: out! <laughs>
0: Get that man some oatmeal. Good
1: shot,
2: Greedy.
1: I love, I love that when you see Fuchs and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna." care, <laughs> 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 okay,
2: I'm
1: gonna get out of this. Beat the shadow, Wilfred Billney. Yeah. But um, no, and the, like the the rest of his scenes in the film, again, his character is also to sow even more mistrust with everybody else. Sure, right. like you know when Macready goes to him for advice or when he's just asking, like, who do you think also is. Um, Infected, mm. You have the whole amazing sequence where, you know, he's eating some, I don't know, Campbell's soup or something yeah. like that. And you have the noose, and he's like, hey, Fuchs. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I want to come back inside. Just let me come. Hey, man, let me come back inside. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I don't think so. No, no. It. His his performance is, is, is great to me. I absolutely uh, love it. Both the subtlety of it and the over-exaggeratedness mm. of it. I think it, well, it's, it's really fun.
0: Well, I think that's the thing that makes this film so amazing, too, is that everyone's performances... Outside of when they interact with the thing, they're so restrained and they're so just kind of calm and yeah. you know, trying to process their way through this. Initially, and so the contrast of when the, like the creature starts to actually starting doing things is just like the juxtaposition is so brilliant for that too. Mm-hmm. And it they make member performances like I don't know, like I don't know Wilford Brimley's entire filmography, but this is probably is this one of his only horror film or has he done other stuff? He hadn't
2: even done that much. He had been a cowboy yeah. up to this point. Yeah, um, and yeah. the
1: Ewok movie too. <laughs>
0: that,
1: was <later. laughs> bring, that was later Gotta bring yeah, that yeah, one yeah. up Yeah, yeah. Because you, you <laughs> He film. didn't even have yeah. The mustache yet True yeah. yeah That's right That's right No he, he I mean uh, In the 90s I think like that's when He started to do the most mm-hmm. stuff Like he did The Firm Which yeah. I think is yeah. a, An amazing film And a grip When He plays mm-hmm. a villain in that mm-hmm. Which he really I was, Didn't that movie too. He didn't really play A lot of villains Oh, um, he did Walk Texas Ranger, of course. Oh, yeah, we character that. in that, yeah. He did some other stuff as well, and then he did a uh, TV series, where he played like a grandfatherly type for like two seasons. Yes. what was that? I forget, we talked about it, but I don't remember it. it. It was actually pretty wholesome. And, uh, but yeah, no, he, he, did, he did a ton of stuff for his career, but, you know, he has a funny, because um, people like years later had asked him about the film, and he said, you know, we were, he said he loved making the movie, mm-hmm. and, but he said, we were always second to the rubber man. Uh, which was the you know, the rubber and the practical I know, effects. I know and things. I know. Every, yeah.
2: everybody was worried that Rob Botton his effects were taking over the movie. Mm-hmm. Even if it was done and they saw it, they were like, well, it's the effects seem to upstage the rest of us. And mm-hmm. it's like, not really you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I, I think I think it balances out quite mm-hmm, well. well. I mean your performances improve the, the Well, effects. you know,
2: they're they're actors. So yeah. they wanna see themselves more than of course, anything else. Of course,
1: yeah. of course. But yeah, that's always like a, a great iconic line when we've really talked about this film but on to the effects. <laughs> 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 continuous on. You know, there there are several amazing moments too that always stay on my mind and of course we got to talk about the, the defibrillator scene. Oh yeah. Clear. Beautiful baby. He was pregnant the whole time. We yeah. just didn't realize it. I, I love the puppetry for this. And, the, and, and what's so great about this scene, too, is that it evolves. It just doesn't end with a puppet. Yeah. Like his whole body, this, this is when the part, they establish that his body is is all sorts of different things. Every single cell is a different organism trying to run away, trying to rip apart so yeah. it can save itself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's it's so cool to me. Well,
2: yeah. it, it, it seemed like like the whole idea of the defibrillator you go through the chest and the teeth bite the arms off mm-hmm. and yeah. so many in any other movie that would have been oh that's the that's it that's right. that, that's the period on the sentence yeah. and this goes like oh no no now yeah. we come to this yeah. this yeah. the tingle's the pulling out mm-hmm. and then the head and then it just keeps going like, yeah. so by the time it's done you're just like
1: <gasps> yeah it, continue, it continues to evolve or devolve or get, mm. or get worse yeah. for all the characters but yeah it, it, it continues on after this So you think the head's going to get away, but this thing continues to evolve. And that really showcases, like, the different abilities of the creature itself and all the various organisms probably, um, you know, stolen from and absorbed sure. yeah, over sure. the, the various uh, years. But, like, you know. Now, it's,
2: th- its sense of self-preservation is strong. It's incredible. It's, and and
1: right. it's admirable, like, even here, which we also get a, a very famous line. you
2: got to be fucking kidding
1: Hey guys. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it was begging for mercy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, please, look into your heart <laughs> I love I love that sequence. And again, that scene and you know, inspired other filmmakers. Uh we we did a retro review not too long ago for Robert Rodriguez's um What's faculty? Faculty yeah. where they they steal that yeah. they oh, steal that line. Yeah, not yeah, nearly yeah. as good as that no, scene, but no, but again, not, not, showing not the close. influence of the sequence. Yeah. Um, you know, and aside from that scene, again, which again, it's a, it's a perfect blending of both the tension and the mistrust, and also the practical effects, and that of course is the famous, the infamous blood test scene.
2: And Clark was human, huh?
1: which makes you a murderer, don't it? Palmer, now. okay man (laughs) you're my blood i guess you nonsense doesn't prove a thing i
2: thought you'd feel that way gary you were the only one that could have got to that blood we'll do you last
1: I <laughs> not expecting that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what works about it, because Palmer, he's the goof. Mm-hmm. He's the hes the, the comic the comedy relief. relief. Um, he's they, smoking they, weed all the time. They, they
2: almost got a bunch of comedy actors to play that role. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I wish I could remember who some of the names were, but they were, they were very comedic actors. Charles Fleischer, who did the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, he, shit, he was, really? He was up for it. Wow, okay. Uh, yeah, it was two or three other guys, but they went with this guy, who's mostly... Not necessarily a dramatic actor, but not a comedian, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. who could sell the, you know, being... The, the pot smoking guy. And I think yeah. I think
1: he he, he did. I, I think very he's perfect well. for it. No, yeah. he is. Um, yeah, he was still. I i I know the the last thing I saw him, he was he was a supporting character in House of Cards for a few years. Oh, was he? Yeah. So he was. He's been still working up until the 20-teens okay. at the very least. So okay. no, and he's great here, and I love his relationship with uh, Keith David because he's like, I want to go with you all the time because he probably wants to fucking infect him. You know, yeah. that's the oh, that's the yeah, real reason you think thing. about. Oh Okay,
2: and you pair it with Styles.
1: I ain't going with Styles. Uh, no, no, what, no, no, Fuck you! <laughs> I ain't I ain't going go, with you, man. I like you. but even like how they do this, like the. Blood. It's very simple tricks. magnets mm-hmm. because of the, of the um, iron in it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's brilliant. it's
2: What is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, <laughs> <next to> him <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like I love that there's something about this because it's it's chaotic, it's horrifying, it's funny that they are literally inches away from this guy and they can't move. They can't move. Yeah. And there's so much going on in this scene. All the actors are killing it. Yeah. They're all selling their reactions. Again, they're they're reacting in, in, in the right way to all these practical effects. But there's a shot right here that I love that it. because it's, it's so it's so alien, how it jumps up to the ceiling. It's so it's so creepy to me. <laughs>
2: That shot right there, I, I love the way this thing moves. Well, also the big thing about testing blood was that this is the beginning of the AIDS crisis. That's the
1: thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: so whereas the original movie from the 50s was all about the Red Scare, yep. the Scare of Communism, this was about infected blood.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's
2: funny. and, right, and the paranoia of that Sorry, Somebody can have this, and you don't know.
1: John Carpenter said the AIDS virus was a um, inspiration for mm-hmm. this movie, and and the same thing. Uh, David Krodberg for the, the Fly, which okay. we got to do a retro review of someday. Yeah, he also yeah. said that was a huge inspiration for for his film. But yeah, this wow. entire sequence is 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 great, and it you know it does not end well for a, a number of characters, but. Um,
2: Again. Wait, wait. You, you got you got my favorite clip? Of course I do, this Mark. This is my on. absolute favorite clip. I of the whole got movie. the clip, don't worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. And when you find the time. I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We got it. No, that's the thing. Like, there are some iconic lines in this movie mm-hmm. that sound to this day that you know yeah. I reference, that you reference. I know that's one of your, yeah. your absolute yeah. favorites. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it, it's great. So there's still a little comedy like in this movie as well. It's a nice it's a, it's a nice balance. But you know, eventually, you know, moving on from from this, we do get to the the the, the thing that a lot of people have discussed over time like okay is a lot of people have read into this scene and that of course is famously uh, the, the ending between uh, McCready and, uh, and Chiles
2: well, what do we do why don't we just wait here for a little while
1: see what happens Thank you. there's a lot of yeah. fan speculation with this scene mm-hmm. where, you know, famously, uh, towards the end of the film, The Last Third, Childs, who was supposed to stay back at the facility to keep watch, he leaves. Mm, right. Right. Um, he comes back at the end of the movie. Carussell's like, where the hell were you? And he's like, ah, I saw somebody. I thought I saw Blair. Because mm-hmm. Wilford Brimley turns out to be infected by the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they don't know. They don't know. if they, We know that Carussell is not the thing, but we don't know about Chiles. Right. Now, fans have pointed out for years that, with Keith David, there's no breath coming from him at all. There's no, there's no. We just
2: s- saw it. Uh, but with Kurt Russell, we see it. No, no, no. We saw it with Keith David as well. Do we? Do we? I'll yeah, see it. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, so that. as a matter of because I was thinking about, because I read about how Keith, uh, uh, Kurt Russell, would would take a drag on a cigarette.
1: To make oh, to make it more to stand yeah. out. Okay. But then I just
2: saw it with Keith David just then. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I wonder if he did the same thing.
1: Okay, so okay. maybe maybe that is actually the case within this scene. But the other part of it is that people say like the 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 whiskey that he has. That's oh. not actually whiskey. That's gasoline, because they make the Maltov cocktails because they're trying to burn down the oh, facility. yeah 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 yeah. That's yeah. the thing. And so he gives it to the two childs. The thing takes a drink and he's like, and that's why he starts laughing now. The thing that kind of puts the kibosh and all of this, John Carpenter said, no, he's human, yeah. but 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 he said, but if fans want to view it that way he's he's like that that, that that's fine by me. I think that's fine I, but the thing is I like that this this, this film inspires conversation even even the whole timeline of okay, who gets infected when cause sure. that's really fun to me. People right, have all yeah. their theories and videos, but right
2: I, I, I just left I've always had the impression that they actually did kill the creature, yeah. but they Same. still can't trust each other. That's it. Yeah. So they're like, we're just gonna die here in the ice. Cause, 'cause we cannot take the chance this thing getting out. So. And,
1: and that's a way to interpret the ending completely. That's like all I took it too. It is, you know, they want to prevent like the epox from happening. So like we both need to die. Mm-hmm. Like that's this is not this is not a happy ending. <laughs> I, mean, no. No. I mean they defeat the creature. But everyone dies. Yeah, yeah. I mean even before then, like twenty minutes before this when they have to they realize they have to destroy the facility, they're like, we're gonna die here. Mm-hmm. This is what we has to do, you know, this is what yeah. we have
2: to do. No, and, the Norwegians had the right idea.
1: Yeah they they did, yeah. 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 But um but yeah that's just kind of, you know, like the, old, the very scenes I wanted to cover. Unless anyone else had anything that they wanted to say about this, this movie, you know, famously, infamously, there was the 2011 prequel film, which was a huge bomb. Commercially and critically, much like Which the it needed to
2: yeah, be, yeah, you know? yeah, and and that's not going to be one where people look back and go like, oh, maybe we were wrong about this. It's,
1: there yeah. are some people, to, I, there some people out there that to this day that say, oh, the effects on that are even better than the original movie. I'm like, you're cool. out of your goddamn no, mind. They're, they're, I completely they're, they're,
2: forgot this thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, thing. I always forget it exists, and it was just completely. Unnecessary yeah. at the time. I, didn't. I will Agreed. say this: Dark Horse Comics did uh, a, a sequel to this. I read those. Oh. That that was that was good. Yeah, because at, at the time I was like. I don't know, guys, but I was like, all right, this is good. Fantastic artwork, by the way.
1: I've seen, I I think I I own some of those comics. They also made a game, I want to say, in the early 2000s, which acted as a sequel on PS2, where uh, you go and investigate Outpost 31 facility and these other things, and it's a government cover-up, and they want to weaponize the thing. and. Famously, you, you find the body of Childs, who froze to death. Okay. You know, performed that black sacrifice.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I've coined it, Martin. I've coined
1: it on this show. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. TM, TM, TM. Uh, but Kurt Russell survives. <laughs> Where he what? inexplicably what? rescues. He's like, hi, I'm McCready. <laughs> I'm a helicopter pilot. After you're fighting this giant abomination creature. I found this helicopter. So there, So there, there was that, but. Now, I don't now, chat, let help me out here, because I know that Jason Blum, who is putting his hand into every horror pie that he possibly can, has said that he wants to do either a sequel or a remake of the thing. And I can only speak for myself, although I'm sure everyone kind of
2: has the same opinion. I, just have this had to be a one and done. Right. You know, Well, this, this is what keeps happening with these, um, these properties, especially sci-fi or action movies from the 80s, mm-hmm. is they keep going back to the graveyard and digging them up and saying, like, hey, mm-hmm. come on back. We want to do something else. Yeah. And yet they never take them and it, 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 take the story somewhere else. They, mm-hmm. Maverick! was amazing yeah. because yeah. it did that mm-hmm. and, and I almost hate that Maverick exists because, <laughs> yeah. because, because it, because yeah, it exists and now everybody go like, oh, well now other people can do that, but they won't. Yeah. No. They won't, it'll just be a big nostalgia fest and then it'll go back into the ground where it was just what it was before.
1: That my my concern is because yeah, Vanny and I were talking about this before like with the Legacy sequel. I'm I'm concerned that Hollywood and these various studios are going to learn the wrong lessons from Maverick's success. Oh, oh absolutely. They they're going to feel like, "Oh, we just need well my you know, my whole thing is like, oh, we just need to do uh, sequels of 80s military movies or something like that." Mm, yeah. But it's like, "No, I mean, that that whole that film took 30 plus years to make. 36. You know, 30, 36 to be more specific. Um, and they got rid of all the sh- Shit that didn't work yep, about right. it, but at the same time were reverent of it. But they improved all the things that did work by tenfold, and mm-hmm. everyone had like an arc, and it was important, and it was, it was emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know if if Jason Blum, like not to say that the Blumhouse has not made great movies, they have made great sure, movies. Sure. You yeah. know? They, they,
2: they just did the Black Phone, which I thought was wonderful. I, I like to
1: I'll actually talk about that later on, uh, and, and during during the show. But with with the thing, it's just kind of this this perfect little movie. That that I, I just feel like can be untouched. because even then, like where do you take the story? Like yeah, they did the comics where the thing gets on the mainland and everything like that. But even then it's like, but that that doesn't make sense because wouldn't it be able to infect every fucking organism? The thing, the reason why it takes yeah. in Antarctica because everything's dead. Yes, right. there is no organic matter there, and like the only way I could ever see them doing a sequel is if it's in space. It's on a space station. The That's origin it. of the thing. The origin of the thing, or something like that, or you just. Part of it There's is even up
2: speculation there. that it didn't originate from that ship it landed in. Like oh. It was somewhere else and affected something right. yeah. that had that ship that brought and it to Earth. That,
0: that could honestly work. I think the one of the things where I think where Maverick worked is that, and Re- Revin, when you did your uh, mm. your discussion for it before. The, the film itself was problematic and there's, you know, I, I watched a YouTube video of oh, with an attorney and a jag lawyer watching Top Gun saying, like, there's a lot of problems with this film. Sure. And that's where I think Maverick can come in and say, like, we're going to take a more mature approach to this kind of character in the, with modern sensibilities. The thing itself is very self-contained and it doesn't yeah. have any loose threads. That,
2: that is the thing. There's nothing to ah. fix.
0: Yeah, there's nothing to fix. There's no reason to kind of go back mm-hmm. unless, if you, to your point, if you want to do an origin story... But do we need
2: it? Don't don't make that my point. I don't want that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: But yeah, if there's not really a point to kind of go back to it, and I think to your point, it's such a beloved film. Anything they do to it now is just going to either upset the diehard fans. It's not going to introduce new folks to this either, or make them want to go back to it. If it's especially if it tanks. So just this is mm-hmm. one of those films you can leave alone, and it's fine. Just bring it back, and, like do yeah. another screening.
2: Yeah, release so, it in the theater.
0: Yeah, have the draft house do another screening. Re- re-
2: remaster it, it. Which, right, put it back in the
0: theater. Which is what yeah.
1: they're doing right now. I mean, that's the reason why we're doing this RetroView, because it's the 40th anniversary, and mm. it's it's across uh, multiple theaters in, in America and around the world right now. Now people are saying that. What Jason Blum wants to do, he wants to adapt it from the original source material. He wants to do a, a new version of it. Right, was called right. Who which, Goes which There? I forgot. Who goes it? there? Who
2: goes there? Yeah. Because apparently, this version from the '80s is closer to the the original uh, yep. prose mm-hmm. than the, the '50s movies.
1: Was. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah, I mean, the '50s movie, which you know, I think is fun, but it's 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 like it's Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Frankenstein yeah. that they found the yeah, ice. Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Um, you know, so I, I mean, try if you want to, but okay. I don't, I don't want them, to, I don't want anything connected to this. Yeah. Just, just yeah. leave it alone. Yeah. They tried to in 2011, and that was a fucking mess, in right. my opinion. Um, it was, it was too damn bad because I was like, it could, could have been interesting, but just found no, bother. completely unnecessary. It was, un- it was unnecessary yeah. because I like the mystery of the Norwegian mm, camp. Right. That that was cool. The yeah. Emerald Starlight Time thought was, that was great. But but yeah, no, just to you know to wrap up we go over kind of everyone's final thoughts in the film. I I do think this is one of the greatest sci-fi horror films of all time. It succeeds when it comes to its storytelling. I think the performances are are great. The camaraderie between the actors is 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 amazing and their interactions, practical effects is very good. You know outstanding lean man and Kurt Russell's RJ McCready who is incredibly flawed. And uh, it's it, it. I mean, it's an impactful and influential movie. It's, it's you know one of my like I said one of my favorite films of all time. This is the very definition on the double toasted scale, of a better than sex. Martin yourself. Yeah, yeah. You
2: I, I, would, I would I would say it's a better than sex also because mm. it's it's rare you find a movie that is old 40 years old yeah. that still holds up in every way right. and can really pull you in and completely hold your attention and 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 you know uh, all the kudos in the world for how influential it yep. has been. Mm-hmm. And it's influential in that way where sometimes uh, a movie has been influential so that by the time somebody new goes to watch it, they go, oh, I've seen this already, I've seen this and this and this. Yeah. But even all the places that have been influenced and copied it, none, none of them have done it as well as this movie.
1: Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Vanny, uh, your overall thoughts on, on the film?
0: Exact same thing you guys have said too. Like I think this is a uh, reminder of when films were willing to take chances with things too, where Mm -hmm. all of your actors look like regular people. Like I feel like if they were going to remake this film now, everyone's going to look like a model or everyone these high high name actors. Good point. And it's not going to feel real. And that's the thing between this uh, watching Alien and Aliens for the first time, where everything feels like this could actually happen. Yeah. And like between the setting, the lighting, the restraint, the performances. Like, everything feels like if your na- neighbor say, like, I just got back from Antarctica, and you will not believe what it's going through. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I like, I feel like, again, if they do it now, it's going to be super polished, and yep. it's going to look so clean to the point that it's going to take you away from what's actually happening to you, and it'll CGI the crap out of it. And then we're just kind of left with a forgettable film, and something with this kind of pedigree deserves so much better than that. And I think to your point, like leave it the hell alone. You have yeah. nothing new to say about this kind of thing and it is such a progenitor for future horror films like mm-hmm. The Faculty mm-hmm. and or even there's that Ryan Reynolds movie that he did too like Life. Life.
1: A lot of people saying Life in the chat. Yeah. yeah.
0: Where you just it's, it takes a lot from the thing you've already if you go back to it two people like, who've never seen the thing before and don't feel like watching a 1980s film are just going to be like well, I've already seen something like this before who cares? So no it's a, it's a perfect moment in time it was a perfect moment in cinematic history leave it.
1: Leave it alone. I, I completely agree. Leave it alone. Yeah. Don't touch the thing. Don't no. do it. All right. Yeah, it's fine. No, yeah, You're going to get no, infected and it will yeah. it'll be will all be <laughs> yeah. worse for it. So you ruined yeah. my Indiana Jones. Don't ruin them. Don't do it. Do it. There's so many franchises that they've ruined. So yeah, keep, keep, keep your hands off of it, please. So yeah.